Chapter 1 Sonia Marie Orman saw the hammer just as an instinct woke her from a deep slumber. She rocked to one side, avoiding the killing blow meant for her skull. In the same fluid motion, she'd grabbed up her iPhone and snapped a photo of the monster standing over her, someone strangely, vaguely familiar. Wasn't he staring at her earlier when she'd been at the checkout counter at the drug emporium on McCorkle Avenue? With the second blow glancing off her forehead, Sonia dropped the iPhone with the killer's image on the screen, a blur of features. Stunned and shaken, confused even as the hammer careened into her skull, Sonia's mind gave way to a paroxysm of pain and horror. She'd seen the features of a madman and a large green blur when she'd writhed over the side of the bed. Desperate to fight back, even as blood spewed from the wound and into her eyes, Desperate for life, she found strength of will. Ignoring the blood painting her face, Sonia realized that the dream killer, the maniac who drove three penny nails into the skull and eyes of sleeping victims she'd heard about from TV newscasts, stood over her. Here. Now. In her bedroom. Moments before, she'd felt a dark presence hovering over her, staring down at her features, studying her every wrinkle, curvature, line, brow, nostrils, lips, hairline. She took it to be an archetypal dream of dread coming from deep within the collective unconsciousness of all womankind, her professor of anthropology mind at work as if she were in her office at the University of Charleston. Generations of inbred fear with a capital F from the very DNA of mankind. Fear that lived on the full complement of genetic information loaded into an individual. Fear inherited from parents and ancestors from life's beginning. But this was no theory, no class lecture. This was real. Where now to drive her blind self? Under the bed she crawled, screaming still. But a pair of hands grabbed her ankles, fingernails digging into her flesh. But no pain, as the blow to her head overwhelmed all else. Then she blacked out. Not for long, as in her stupor, she felt the pinch of what felt like a huge iron rail pierced deeply through her left eye. The next railroad-sized pen slammed into her brain. The monster used her like a wooden doll, driving the nails in, and she'd gone stiff and as lifeless as a wooden image. Mercifully, death took command. She no longer felt pain, only a flying away on the back of a winged dark green dragon. She straddled the green dark behemoth through a strange metamorphosis. It became a brilliant blue creature before turning into a blinding yet warm white inviting river of light. Death came quickly, and it came with a welcoming pleasantry that cut loose all human pain, grief, remorse, and earthly concern. The killer drove a total of eight nails into Sonia's face and head. Eight the actual number of people he'd killed to date, to terrify and to set the stage for the world to one day meet the real dream killer. He'd chosen to give himself this identity before the press came up with something silly or ill-fitting. He'd declared himself in several letters that included the fact he could not stop himself and had no idea how many more slumbering women he'd kill before his spree might end. Some damn fool backwoods yokel named Malachi had killed his wife, according to the news, in the same manner, inspired by the dream killer. The real serial killer could not be sure if this one ought to be counted or not. On the one hand, absolutely not, as it was not by his hand on the hammer, Thor, that he was. 
On the other hand, he had inspired this Malachi fellow so... So by extension, this eighth death had been as a result of his actions, hadn't it? As he had time to debate it with himself while at the job tomorrow, he let it go for now. With bloodied hand, hammer and box of three-penny nails, the killer turned, and taking Sonia Orman's iPod with him, he left through the door he'd jimmied open. He'd come through the front door, burglary tools jammed in his green jumpsuit back pocket still. He'd leave the way he came, muttering quietly to himself. Tired, sated, he said. Getting too easy. Could do it in my sleep. A final look back at the room showed the dream killer a bed once covered in a flowered afghan now showered with blood, a floor covered in red, ceilings like a Jackson Pollock painting done in crimson, and a victim whose face had undergone massive reconstruction. I'll get away with it, too, for as long as I want.